Hear these words of our gospel lesson from Luke chapter 11. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if it is not healthy, your body is full of darkness. Therefore consider whether the light in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light with no part of it in darkness, it will be as full of light as when a lamp gives you light with its rays. The gospel of our Lord, thanks be to God. Please be seated. Some of you may recall the film Dead Poets Society. Anyone? Great. Gene Siskel noted in the Chicago Tribune that it was a refreshing, if obvious, drama. The movie stars the exceptionally talented, late Robin Williams. In the film, William plays John Keating, a high school English teacher at an all-boys private academy who is committed to helping his students take advantage of the opportunities that life presents to them. He seeks to be a positive voice to the students while continually communicating to them that they can accomplish the life goals that they dream of achieving. And there's a compelling scene in the movie when Keating leads his class out into the foyer of the building and there old photographs of graduating classes are hanging all over the walls. And as the boys study the portraits of the classes, who had graduated generations before them, Keating remarks that the persons in those pictures were just like them, persons full of hope and full of ambition. Then Keating asks his class, did they wait till it was too late to realize their full potential? And then he tells the class that if they lean in close enough, they can hear a message spoken to them from those students in the pictures. So they lean in and it's quiet and Keating whispers, carpe diem, carpe diem, seize the day. The epistle to the Hebrews is a sermon and it's written much like a preacher would write a sermon manuscript and in a way Today's message has already been given in the hearing of the letter to the Hebrews. And what's incredible about it is that it's so encouraging. It's about life. It's about faith. It's about how faith perseveres amidst changing times and how people of faith overcome obstacles and find strength and boldness through the witness of other people around them. Now the definition of faith given to us in Hebrews 11.1 1, is that faith is the substance or assurance of things hoped for and the evidence or conviction of things not seen. And this definition is much more than just slender words because it's something that we live. 
And as we continue through verse 29, we know that faith is actually a lifestyle. It's a part of our inmost being. It's active, moving. It's like keeping pace and running a race. We don't just simply have faith, rather we live by and through faith. Faith is not an idealistic concept, rather it is the reality of those who seek to survive and thrive. The writer of Hebrews walks us through the archives of history and thus the archives of faith to remind us of the strength we have in God, of who we are and of whose we are. To remind us of our strength and of the sustaining power of our faith as we live in the hope of our salvation. In today's text, we discover glimpses of those faith heroes who ran the race of faith that was set before them. And you find some of these very familiar, teeming and focused with eyes pointed forward, the Israelites crossed through the Red Sea with all of their might. They were being chased by Egyptian forces, literally running for their lives. And when they reached the other side, the sea closed in and God was faithful to them. And then people marched around the walls of Jericho with Joshua for seven days and the walls came a tumbling down. And Rahab, who was a part of that story, who had a very difficult life, was spared her life and became a part of God's redemption along with all of her family. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to list other imperfect people who kept going when their knees were trembling and their eyes were soaked and sweaty, who ran the race, who knew that they were running for something greater than themselves, something true and something eternal. People who seized the day by their faith. And the text says they conquered kingdoms. They brought about justice, they realized promises, they shut the mouths of lions, they put out raging fires, they escaped from warfare and found strength and weakness. Though some were tortured and even put to death, though some were whipped and shamed, they kept running. And the text says most bluntly, they were given approval for their faith. They ran the race that was set before them. A number of years ago, my father was undergoing treatments for cancer. And I wanted to visit more often, but I had pastoral responsibilities. And we lived outside of Fort Lauderdale in Southeast Florida. And quick trips were not an option. And as my father was running the race of his treatments, my mother was running the race alongside him, being a caregiver. And she had people surrounding her, running the race with her, and that's how this works. When our running slows down or when our bodies begin to fail, there are those in, in the race who come alongside us and offer water and offer help and offer solace. They lift you up over the rocks in the road. They hold you steadfast when the winds are trying to push you down. 
They wipe your face when it sweats with tears and listen to your struggle of agonizing pain. Not too many years ago, my mother began to share with me her prayer journal that she kept during that time. And each day I would hear a ping come to my phone and it was yet another entry in my mother's journal that she was sending. And she has also used this journal to help countless others and through it, everyone she shared it with is able to share it with other people struggling in the race. No matter what you are facing, there is hope in the present moment today. Just look around you. Everyone in here is running the race. Everyone in this room offers help and encouragement and hope for our community. There is hope in the present moment today because of those who have gone on before us and because of those who are now beside us. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Think for a moment about those persons in your life. Literally, do it right now. Think for a moment about those persons in your life who have gone on before you or who are still living, who have surrounded you. And in this thought, you'll see faith and you will see God. We're not running the race as followers of Christ to try to prove something to God. We are running the race as followers of Christ because of God's great love for us. As those Old Testament heroes of faith were rewarded by seas closing in on enemies and walls of cities crumbling down, our faith is encouraged by those in the present, so our faith is rewarded in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. running the race. I am really moved by the refugee Olympic team. Consisting of refugees around the world. A part of the team is swimmer Yusra Mardini, and Yusra is from Syria, and her achievements before the Olympics seems incomprehensible. She is a talented swimmer from war-torn Damascus and was backed professionally by the Syrian Olympic Committee. She comes from an area ravaged by war, ravaged by war, internal conflict. And as the conflict escalated, she would find herself training in swimming pools where the roofs had been blown open by bombings. And as Damascus became increasingly unstable, she and her sister Sarah left Syria, traveling through Lebanon and Turkey while trying to reach Greece. And 30 minutes, 30 minutes from setting off from Turkey, the motor on their boat, which was meant for six people, but it was carrying 20, it began to fail. And most of those on board could not swim. And Yusra and Sarah, along with two other strong swimmers, they jumped into the sea and they swam for three hours to get the boat ashore in Lesbos. She said, we, we were the only four on the boat who knew how to swim. I had one hand with the rope attached to the boat and I moved the other hand and I moved my legs and I steered the boat 
It was three and a half hours in freezing cold water and my body was like, I just can't do it. I'm done. I don't know if I can describe it, she said. She also stated, I remember that without swimming, I would never be alive. Maybe because of the story of this boat. It's a positive memory for me now. What? A positive memory? Could it be that God could take the things that have hurt us the most in our lives and make them a positive memory for us? If we consider our Christian life, our faith, and our race, everyone in this room, everyone in this room is surrounded by the perseverance of everyone else. No one is alone. You are not alone. We all bring our own life experience to this race we are on, and don't we all need four strong swimmers in our lives? Some in this sanctuary today have been through hell and back. Cancer, abuse, family wreckage, addiction, depression, loneliness, deception, pain, the loss of a spouse, the loss of a child, the loss of a job, complete hopelessness. And then a sister or a brother in Christ reminds us that Jesus is not a bystander. Jesus is our rope. They call us. They send us a card. They lay their hands on us and pray for us. They end up next to us at the communion rail. They help us raise our kids. They sing for us when we can't bring ourselves to sing. They cry for us when our tears are all dried up and nothing is inside. They are this ever-present reminder that God is with us and that Jesus is our rope. They help us persevere. And this is a Christian church. Uh, together we are the temple of God and we trust in the communion of all the saints. Therefore, when we think about people, about those of this congregation who have gone on before us and finished the race, we are surrounded by their perseverance too. They look to us from glory and I can hear them whisper into our hearts, just like those boys were whispered into their ears in the foyer of that school. Jesus is not a bystander to what you're going through. I went through it. Don't be afraid. Lean on one another. Seize the day. God is faithful. God is making your lives extraordinary. Persevere. Friends, Christ is the heart that will never quit beating for us, and Christ is the hand that will never let go of us. So let us run the race and keep the faith. Run the race when you feel like it and keep running when you don't. Run the race when you think you know what you're doing. 
Run the race when you don't. Run the race when you're working for justice. Run the race when you're caring for God's creation. Run the race when you serve and teach children. Run the race on the mountaintop of exaltation and run the race in the valley of humiliation. Jesus, the hope and joy of salvation is with us. I met a member of our church in his 90s yesterday, spent a wonderful time with him. Absolutely amazing. He started attending the church when he was two weeks old. He had a cradle roll certificate. Faithfully, faithfully been a part of this church for over 90 years. We are surrounded, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. I'd like to close with a prayer from my mother's journal that she sent during that time. Your word tells us that there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. As difficult as some of those seasons might be, we trust that you will carry us through. The waiting is hard, but we're learning to trust in your timing and in your perfect will. Whether we're sick or we're healthy, we're rich or we're poor, we're facing a trial or everything is going our way, Teach us to rejoice in your goodness. Teach us to wait, to hold on to hope, and to fiercely hold on to our faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.